Hi. <laughs> hey guys, welcome to another episode of Res Hockey. This is number 105. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. My name is Trev, and with me, as always, is Mr. Kingdom of Sweden. <laughs> Since 1921, which he's wearing a toque. Bush, what's up, Bush? Not much. I got lots to talk about and some good stuff and some bad stuff. As always, uh, I can't wait to get started. Otherwise, I am considering selling my plow for my quad. Why you don't like plowing? <laughs> Where to start off this? You couldn't uh, resist that. I know I couldn't resist. Where to start off the show <laughs> with that? A comment like that. How come but I'll probably gonna... hopefully I'll need it next year because there's no oh, snow. Yeah, there's no snow, right? <laughs> I know there's no snow. Like, and it's nothing. To... It's been plus weather. It's been plus all... weather here. Yeah, but it was misting today. Like misting. Yeah, it was like, raining, like... raining yeah. here today too. So, oh. um, as you some of you know and some of you don't, I moved, oh. so I don't live down the street from Bush no more. Oh. So yeah. Up the, up, the, up the street. All right. Yeah. Bush doesn't live down the street <laughs> from me no more. So, yeah, I moved to a different community. So, I don't get to see this mug, his mug every day. Only when I dr- go to town and I drive by his work and I get yeah. a little sad, sad wave. <laughs> Goodbye, my love. <laughs> I got dumb and dumber there when he <laughs> at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, hey, cool thing is. You're wearing a hat that you got on your trip when you went to Sweden, and I'm yeah. wearing a hat that I got when I went to Mexico. This is oh. like their pro baseball team. Oh, cool! And when I bought it, I, I like when I went to Mexico, I was really confused about the pesos conversion to Canadian dollar. So I paid, I don't know, like a thousand something pesos. And I did a conversion on my phone after I bought the hat. It was like a hundred Canadian for this stupid hat. (laughs) Wow. Shit. Should I go return this hat? (laughs) But, but yeah, it's a nice hat though. It's not like an everyday hat. You can go to lids and buy it. Right. So, yeah. Right on. Um, our guest for this week for episode 105, he is from Fraser Lake, British Columbia. Um, his home res is Nad- Nadley Watton First Nation. I know I butchered that. I'll ask him later. Um, this guy's this guy's pretty interesting. He was on Big Brother season seven or Big Brother Canada seven. Um, he's a musician. Not uh former pro goalie. Uh, our guest for this week is Damien Ketlo. K-E-T-L-O. What the Nadley What Nadley? Nadley Wetton first nation. What N? What? What N? What is it? What what? Well, you know what I'm I'm thinking. I remember our uh, our guest Tyson Watney. Yeah. What is it? What is would the pronunciation be the same? Like, not they what, 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 I don't know. We butchered it. We, yeah, so yeah, Damien, uh, he was uh recommended by episode four and episode 70 guest, Mr. Toe Dragon himself, 
Wacy Rabbit. So thanks, Toe Dragon, for the recommendation on asking Damien to come on the show. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, what's that? No, award, tell it, tell a, a, word, a word from our unknown, from our sponsor, maybe. Just kidding. Okay, okay so a little bit of backstory. Sue and I go to Sweden, and you know when you go into a particular any hotel, there's a complimentary like there's water or there's if you open up the fridge, there's like little only snacks when you or stay something. at a rich hotel. Jeez. Oh, so we 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 walk in and we're thirsty, we're dehydrated from the from the jet lag from the plane. All these Are you factors. Sure, is in. that why you're dehydrated? <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. And it's dry. Anybody, anybody, anybody ever travels more than three hours in an airplane? You're, you're, you're dry. You're. I wasn't when they went to Mexico. Well, you're in. You were in Mexico. We we <laughs> we spent we spent fifteen hours on a plane. You said so. Anyways, okay. Well, <laughs> so we get so we get to the room, and right now we're like, oh, it's thirsty. Then then we open up the fridge, and it's cold. And it's two glass containers of sparkling water. Unfortunately, what I know, what I always do though, up until this now, is I usually take a picture of what I'm drinking, whether it be, uh, let's say, a bottle of wine or whatever, etc. I forgot to take a picture of the particular sparkling water and the carbonated water they were drinking, so I haven't been able to find it. I haven't been able to replicate the taste. So right now, we've tried the uh, clearly Canadian. Um, Esperingo, I think it's called, and Kirkland from Costco. <laughs> we I bought a case from it last week, and now I'm having my hand. It's Montelier carbonated natural spring water. So Why if you hear you me just... burping a lot, <laughs> why don't you just call the hotels? Like, um, excuse me, I sat at the hotel maybe a month ago, and I was just wondering what kind of sparkling water you guys offer. In the hotel rooms, because Be, because I, I never thought of that and till I, now. And I I love the sparkling water because I didn't think of it until now. Actually, call there right now, see what they say. Called it on on the air. Maybe during the next segment, I'll call it. But I got just Google Super Eight Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> and. I'm not like Bush. I'm, I'm uh, poor. I'm re- drinking real Canadian <laughs> water from no frills. <laughs> you can get a case of water for like three bucks. <laughs> Whoa. That was... But yeah. Um... <laughs> drinking water is good. Mm-hmm. Um. Something that we haven't had. We haven't had shutouts. Do you have any shutouts? I have a shout out tonight specifically. His oh, name wow. is Chowy Mac. Oh, wants... yeah. Does he Lucas. want a shutout? Yeah. I'm giving him a shout out. Yeah. Um, he mentioned to me when I played him Sunday night. That's, a, that's why I left so early after Old Timers game because I had a Casey's game with, at 10. So I want, I want to go home and make myself a. Uh, Protein shake, have a little bit of bite to eat, and then uh, rest up. I'm serious, man. <laughs> and then, uh, so during warm up, he pulls me aside and he goes, "Hey, Bush, one of the podcasts that you, you and Trevor talking about the prime so the sports drink." Yeah, he is letting his, uh, his his toddler drink it. What? Well, he didn't know. He he just he goes, "Yeah, I didn't really know what it was until I heard you on your podcast, and I I stopped." 
work right away. I zipped home and I dumped every container <laughs> down down the drain. He goes, "Holy man, you guys! That thank is... you so much." <laughs> I was with uh, SJ, my grandson, on yep. Saturday, and we went to the wholesale, and mm -hmm. he was he saw a case of Prime, and he was like, "Bugging me, bugging me!" He's like, "No, I'm not gonna buy you Prime." Then we were walking in the drinks aisle, and I showed him three Red Bulls, and he knows Red Bulls are bad. And I said, drinking three of these are the same as drinking one Prime. Yeah. And he's old enough to understand, and his mm -hmm. eyes just went big. He couldn't believe that he was drinking Prime. Like, well, <laughs> when Prime first came into Canada, yeah, Paul and I would um, bought him two, and I think he drank them like two in one night, and we didn't know. <laughs> I was probably the same thing as Chowie. Just, I just didn't know. Oh, hey, yeah, here's a drink. Um, <laughs> yeah, but your, it's crazy. I must say that you said no to SJ. That's yeah. probably that probably killed you right there. Uh, no, not with stuff like that. If I it know. was something like popping chips, <laughs> yeah, I'll buy them. But, but um, yeah, parents, babysitters, yeah, don't uh, give kids prime. <laughs> Still can't believe they sell that shit. I know. But yeah, what's up, Charlie? Um, I haven't played Charlie. He should be playing old timer soon, eh? Yeah, he should be, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't haven't skated with him in quite a while. So when he plays old timer, I'll make sure to give him a good two-hander. I think so. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Um, NHL is in is this the second half of the NHL season. Um, your Edmonton Oilers plays Vegas in the night less than an hour. That should be a good game. Um, yeah, I'm uh hoping Vegas would win and snap the losing streak. I mean, the winning streak. <laughs> so, um, who was your first half surprise for the NHL season other than your Oilers? Yeah. Vancouver, yeah, Vancouver, right? Like, who would have like thought? And have you watched many of the games? Yeah, yeah. They're they're just they're on a they're playing on a different level than anybody else. You know how Colorado dominated the playoffs two years ago? That's yeah. just, that's what they remind me of. They just know that they can beat everybody, and they are. Like how you is know? Jack Hughes <laughs> able to dominate that kid's yeah. five five nine, one hundred and fifty pounds on D, and he's with so, equipment. Yeah, I mean he's so <laughs> good. But yeah, Vancouver's my uh my pick too. I mean, Brock Besser is so good and just so yeah. And they just added some another Swedish player from Calgary, which will bolster their lineup. So yeah, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, I would say Vancouver Canucks. This is mm -hmm. just weird because we're talking coach to coyotes and they were shitty, but <laughs> He goes to Vancouver, and it's totally. Mm -hmm. Is it because he had be has better players, or is, did he change up his coaching system? Who knows, right? Yeah. Um. Who's your? Who will be your second half surprise for the second part of the season? I'll let you pick your Oilers because. Oh, it's hard to say. Who's on? I thought, you know, I think uh, also on L.A. Yeah. I'll go with the Jets. I think the Jets yep. are going to shit the bed. I think they're going to go downhill. I think I, I think they're going to slip. 
I think they're going to, I don't think they're going to fall out of playoff spot, but they might be in the sixth spot, seventh spot come playoff time. They're losing to Pittsburgh 3 1 right now. And I think Hellebuck's yeah. going to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Grand Fear days where you could, Grand Fear used to play 75 games a year. So I think, <laughs> yeah, that too. He was, he was on another yeah, high, that, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what seems like t- today's NHL. Most goalies play 50 games, yeah. maybe 60. So your backup has to be like a 1A, not like a not like a 2, 2A, 2B, right? He has to be just as good as the starter. Yeah, so I go Winnipeg for mine. I don't know. For mm-hmm. some reason, they just they don't finish too strong. So that would, That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, first half MVP. Who's yours? McDavid? Chris Knobloch. Surprised you didn't say Dar- uh, Darnell Nurse. Oh, yeah. Or uh, what did you say about the uh, defenseman? Uh, Bouchard, what did you call him again? The Bush Bomb. The Bush Bomb. Mm-hmm. I say Austin Matthews for me. Man, that guy's <laughs> scored 40 goals already. Yeah. And it was awesome to see him score in Winnipeg. I bet. So going back to what I said last week, the players were ripping on on Nylander how he was just coasting up. I said, no, he wasn't. He's no. waiting for that pass, that yeah. shift. He's waiting for that seam. A lot of players do. Yeah, you're right. Hate to see it and admit it. <laughs> <laughs> what about our niche players? How have they oh. played? Uh, Ethan Bear. How would Ethan you Bear. rate him playing for Cal? I mean, uh, Washington or Washington coming back from injury. I'd say I'd say he's doing well. Yeah, I watched a couple um, Washington games and he doesn't look out of place. He's on their second power play units. Twelve games, one goal, two assists for three points, eight penalty minutes, but he's minus five. So, but give him time, right? He yeah, he was out November, December. Four months, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, what about TJ Oshi? That guy's always consistent, no matter, no matter what. Like he's always shows up and he always manages to score points. Let's see yeah. his points for this year. In thirty games, eight goals, four assists for twelve points, minus eight with twenty-eight penalty minutes. Just like. How old is he? TJ Oshie's 37, so his points are going down, but uh, he's 12 more games for 1,000 games, which is a big milestone. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> Who else is Indigenous that plays in the NHL? I think that's the only two that I can think of. Ethan Bear, TJ Oshie, Zach Whitecloud, too. Yeah. Of course, I forget about Zach. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Okay, let's see his stats. Zach White. Cloud. His stats are 35 games this year. He has two goals, three assists for five points, 22 penalty minutes, and he's even for his plus minus. He's been hurt, eh? So he's... Yeah. Who else is indigenous? I can't think. Well... Craig Ruby, unfortunately, he got fired from St. Louis. Um, I think 
he he'll get a coaching job pretty soon. Oh yeah, he'll probably be one of the first ones to to be high, rehired once someone gets fired. But so we got Bear Oshi and White Cloud. I feel like we're missing someone. There's no more Carey Price. Brady Keepers in the A. Uh, Garnet Pilons in the A with Ottawa's mm. farm team. I can't think of anyone else. There must be some. Be someone. We're forgetting someone. Buffalo, Calgary, Carolina, Chicago, Colorado. Oh, well. Columbus. Uh, NHL week, All-Star weekend was this past weekend. Did you watch any of it? Um, I haven't watched it since probably 1997. I watched the women's, uh, the PWHL mm-hmm. All-Star game, the three-on-three, and that was actually pretty uh, entertaining. That was more entertaining than the men's <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, Jocelyn O'Rock. She was a former guest of the show. She scored a nice goal. Um, Abby Rock was on the same team, and she played pretty good. So it was cool to watch that. Um, but, yeah, I didn't watch the men's on Sunday. We had no. hockey, so I was like, yeah, I don't really care for it. So, yeah, it is what it is. I think uh, good job on promoting the women's league, though. That was yeah. really cool. And good for them. They're starting to sell out. Like they're Toronto's playing Montreal at the ACC or Scotiabank Arena, and they sold out. Over eighteen thousand people will be at that game. So should be uh, should be interesting. Too bad we didn't live closer to Minnesota. That'd be pretty neat to watch. Um, yeah. Let's uh, head to our interview with Damien. How do you say his last name? Kelto, Ketlo. I said Kelto, sorry. Ketlo. K E T L O. Ketlo. Ketlo. Let's go. Let's ask him how he he says his breath. See if we got it right or wrong. Okay, (laughs) let's uh, let's head over with our head over to our interview. Let's go. Hey guys, for episode 105 of Raz Hockey Podcast, our guest for this week is from Notley. Notley? Yeah. I knew was I was going to watch that. <laughs> from Notley, British Columbia. Our guest for this week is Damien Ketlow. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. Looking forward to it. <laughs> I had to kind of slow down because you kind of got me paranoid now because when I message you our zoom link i can i spelt your name wrong now i i was looking at my phone to make sure i was 100 percent correct <laughs> yeah, yeah, no it's yeah it, it ketlo used to be ketlo used to mean uh it means uh actually wet moccasins and dak kether and or carrier oh, safety yeah that's but, neat yeah it was colonized to make it uh easier pronunciation i guess you could say which i'm sure lots of people listening can relate <laughs> oh yeah for sure 100 percent um, how did you get started in hockey? Um, yeah, I grew up playing Fraser Lake Minor single A hockey. So if you don't know where Notley is, it's an hour and a half west of Prince George from Aerial View. Fraser Lake's not much further, but Fraser Lake actually traditionally um it was uh said Notley. Um and means Notley Bun actually in, in carrier. But anyways, Fraser Lake Minor Hockey. 
uh, for the Fraser Lake Hawks. We had players from, there's two reserves surrounding Fraser Lake, and then there's the town, basically a mining industry town in uh, a West Fraser a town, uh, West Fraser Sawmill town. And then, uh, so Salaco is on uh, the west side of the lake and Notley's on the uh, the other side. So we had a good mixture of uh, of kids and we were always pretty good. So that's where I grew up until about, played that. I was always small town, so I got to play two years underage every time because there was no other attendees, right? So it kind of got to develop like that because you're like, well, you play single A hockey, like, what is there? But we actually had a good crop of kids. We only had two lines the whole time, but like, <laughs> It was, it was cool. It made us all get good. And lots of us actually cracked the Caribou Cougars major midget uh, squad from our region of uh, like playing against like, like 14 James is a pretty big hockey town. And like in, in Burns Lake, Vander, if we played like, we played like kind of like the senior league from Williams Lake to like, okay. for kind of thing. Right. So yeah, I, I played there until I was 15 and then, then got off the res. And we also had an outdoor rink in Notley. So that was awesome too. So that kind of helped you, you know, you get those long hours on the ice kind of thing. Notley. Sorry, I'm just trying to pronounce Notley. <laughs> yeah, it's, Notley. It's, it's a Ojibwe dialect, so or it's not Ojibwe dialect, so I have a hard time pronouncing the BC. Those yeah, those Ojibwe's are a different breed, so <laughs> don't mind them. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, uh, you, met, you, you mentioned attendee. Did, uh, did you always want to be a goalie? Uh, I was always a D-man, actually. And, uh, yeah, I started playing hockey in a seven, I think. I don't think I became goalie officially till I was like 10 or 11. Basically, it's actually kind of a funny story. My buddy who actually played, uh, he cracked the Caribou Cougars with me um, as well as a D-man. But, uh, and he ended up playing junior A as well too and stuff. But he used to be the 10 team. Uh, he got lit up one game and it was like, nah, man, I'm done with this. <laughs> Going goalie. And I was like, I'll, I'll try it out. And kind of just got stuck there. <laughs> like, like, I was like, I had, I always liked the gear and you know it was it was it was just meant to be it was it was supposed to happen right it was pretty fitting. You played junior in the dub for uh, Regina for the Pats. Uh, how was your experience playing in Regina? Um, it it was good. It, it's it had ups and downs. I would I would say um, it took a while. Like I didn't really know about the dub. Like being from Notley and whatnot. Like I didn't even know the band of draft existed and stuff. So. Like it was quite a journey to get there. Like I I remember like getting home from the res on the quad and like before I cracked Regina, like a, a couple of years before. And my mom's like, Hey Damien, like uh the uh it wasn't the Pats who called, but she was like, The Seattle Thunderbirds called and I and they said they wanted to draft you. And I was like, That's like WHL, like that's like big leagues, you know? And me being <laughs> like kid from the res kind of thing was like man, like I used to I we didn't have Google and we had dial up and crappy internet kind of thing. So I didn't really know about those things. I thought like that was like AHL kind of thing, like in my kid mind. So yeah. it's kind of a little naive, I guess. So uh, the Pats actually saw me, I cracked the U16 BC like team where you go play in winter games kind of thing. So like no scouts really used to come up here kind of thing. Um, uh, so I, we went to trail, played with the smoke eaters, played U16. And we had our little Northwest uh, team. And uh, we played some Vancouver team that just had a bunch of sick players, right? And I stood in my head. I think we lost 3-2. But basically, long story short, stood in my head, played three out of four games. But uh, the scouts seen the first game, and they they literally just took a chance on me and drafted me from on a whim, basically. So 
like to the kids listening, if you, uh, you know, it, it all, it all it takes is essentially potentially one game, you know, and then I got drafted from there and then had the crack caribou cougars major major the next year, left at 15, played BCHL first King 16, and then finally cracked the squad, uh, for the Pats from, uh, for a few years before I went to go into the hurricanes there. So it was super cool. I got to play with big shots like Everly and, you know, and, and he won cat, uh, he won the, uh, the gold medal there with that 5.4 seconds. Oh, yeah, goal. yeah. 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 Right. So I got to see him become like a, a, a hockey rock star overnight. And like, it was, it was pretty cool. And just like playing and like in front of fans and like, just like big, nice arena, like sick dressing rooms, sick weight mm -hmm. rooms. Like that's just so super cool. And it becomes a norm eventually, but when you're like, it's pretty intimidating too, when you go there. Right. So, but yeah, that a shout out to like, them for giving me a chance you know because i got drafted late like 10th round like 200 something what i thought it was freaking awesome but like, uh, <laughs> yeah a couple 10 he's drafted ahead of me in my class in my my year and had you know my goalie partner was um with the la kings and stuff like that lyndon rowett so like yeah it was pretty pretty cool being so close my first actually super cool story my i got called up when i was 15 um and I backed up, and the first game I backed up against was against Carey Price. He just got back. <laughs> and I was just like, this is sick. You know? I was like, hey, I'm native like you, but I was too timid. <laughs> How was it ad adjusting from, like, a res from, from BC and go all the way to Saskatchewan and play? Like, was it a hard time to trans transition from a small res to a big city in Regina? Oh yeah, it was it was super hard, I think. Um, but I I got to, like a little segue there. Like I, I I lived in Prince George two years prior, so that okay. was only a half. So although I moved away at fifteen, I still could see my parents. Like you know, they'd come to the game, all the home games, and the odd time they'd go to those Vancouver trips and stuff. And it wasn't like junior, like straight up where you you. When I went to the Pats, like you only get six days to come home for Christmas, and then you leave on Boxing Day at like six a.m. because they they book you this super cheap flight <laughs> some <laughs> like that. I don't know. It was pretty brutal leaving Christmas at Christmas night when you're, when you come from a native family and everyone's gathered in, in under your one house. Right. Kind of thing. So, but yeah, uh, that kind of helped the transition to being two provinces away. Uh, and then like, I think just once you get there, you get settled in, you got a job to do. And it was such a like hair back, like, like time, like you, all of a sudden you go from playing like suit, like, a bunch of games per season and you're all nice every day. So it's kind of just like down to business and kind of, kind of get it done kind of thing. Right. So I think it was, the harder part was just like the two day drive in my little Tiburon with all my goalie, <laughs> my, my drum gear and stuff like just too much gear kind of guy, you know, but yeah, it was super, it, yeah. It helped transition for, it, it was a way to get off res and uh, kind of go see the world, you know, and, yeah. and see the opportunity that come with it kind of thing. Now, uh, what was your best experience in junior that you can um, think of offhand? I think, I think the first, first, la first games and last games, like, I think um, my first game, I, I played against Kemper, like the first two games and I never lost against Kemper. And then I was like ranked <laughs> ahead of him, but obviously I didn't get drafted after and he, he's Stanley Cup guy now. So you know. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Like coming in the league, like, Hey, I can actually do this. Um, and then this, like, kind of riding it out and going to my last season with the Hurricanes, um, um, getting MVP in my last game for my among my teammates, um, kind of 
which is pretty special because I wasn't even supposed to play my 20-year-old year. I basically got traded to the Hurricanes as a rental player because my goalie partner was at Washington Capitals camp and I was just there to stop the bleeding kind of thing. So I already had like the BCHL teams. Uh, Spruce Kings traded my rights to the Westside Warriors thinking the Westside was thinking that I was going to get sent down from the dub kind of thing. So I think just like the appreciation from day one to the end, I think those were those were pretty darn special, you know, and, and having a good group of guys to go go out with uh and then I, I I got to go to the coast for a bit too and play for the Colorado Eagles after that. So it kind of everything kind of came full circle. So that was pretty special. The whole the whole journey was amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, speaking of Regina, Regina is really well known for their pizza. Every time I drive through Regina, <laughs> go to Regina, I love like Houston's pizza. Were you a big oh, pizza guy back in the day? Against our will, like. Uh, actually we used to have to like do um like we deliver to fans and sometimes we just and we have our jerseys on and some people were fans so like we'd deliver these pizzas for like i forget what it was and in engineer you got to do things like you know you got to go give back to the town and you yeah. know get get to know the people and the fans and so we'd always have leftover pizza after doing those <laughs> those functions so we'd crush in houston pizza but like being from BC, we're like, what is this, man? It's actually pretty good. It's pretty greasy, but it's pretty good. It is. <laughs> yeah, I love Houston's pizzas. Yeah. We're, uh... Possibly, I forgot about doing that stuff. Right? <laughs> it's been a while. Do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? What's that? <laughs> so, do you think pineapple belongs on pizza? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big food guy, man. No, oh. like. I'm not a fan of you, pineapple. <laughs> you don't like it? Yeah, I, I just like pineapple on my pizza. It's oh, I, I like it. The boys would always get uh, pizza on the bus, and they're like, I don't want this pineapple, and I'm a big eater, so i just like, man, I'll crush it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after so, the dub, after Regina and Lethbridge, uh, you went to university, university of Lethbridge. How was it to how was it playing esports, like transitioning from uh, the dub to esports? Oh, it was a tough transition. We we were always on on the lower level of that team. We had to compete against the Golden Bears. I think we finally beat the Golden Bears. Kind of <laughs> but uh, yeah, that league, unreal league, actually doesn't get the credit where it's due. I think I think maybe maybe does now uh, a little bit more. Um, just like with awareness and social media and everything too. But like when you go from junior, you get the span of sixteen year olds like boys playing against men who are like twenty. So when you're a 20 year old playing in junior, you get to kind of take it, not necessarily some 16, 17 year olds are prodigies, but like you get to take advantage of them, like still growing into being a man. Right. And in uni, it was uh, every, every person's a man. They're either, you know, they've either uh, played in the coast or some guys have, you know, gone to the NHL camps and played in the A and whatnot too. And I mean, we even had guys who were, who uh, went, played against guys who were like signed with, you know, NHL teams too. And then, um, obviously the guys who are doing the scholarship so yeah nowhere to hide everyone's an adult now and it was just a really good league overall it was yeah the only thing i didn't like about it was like not really fighting like it was when i played in the in the, in the uh junior leagues yeah so all those guys you played in the western league who were more quieter <laughs> the western league, they'd get beat up oh and in the sis they'd they'd start uh They'd run their mouth a little bit more, so because <laughs> there's less consequences because you can <laughs> more for fighting. I wouldn't be doing fighting, but you know, you get on me, right? Yeah, yeah. What did you study? Uh, I got a degree in Indigenous Studies, so 
Yeah. I wrote out the full five years and got paid to go to school. I uh, utilized my, uh, my, my full ride. Plus every year I played in the in a dub, I got a free year of schooling too. So and then uh, being first nations, uh, obviously taking advantage of the education uh, uh, benefits too, from that too. So it was, it was super cool. Yeah. Indigenous came out of there with indigenous studies, learned a lot about Blackfoot people and, and history and, um, you know, um, basically how Canada came to be the way it is today. After Lethbridge, uh, you went to Australia. You suited up for the Sydney Ice Dogs. How was it playing <laughs> uh, playing down under? oh man that was the time of life like too much fun i'd say Yeah? that literally yeah um funny story so i thought i was done like you know i wanted to go back to the coast because i had a little stint there but uh just wasn't an option so i actually got a phone call from the gm of sydney um who's actually from 100 mile bc um so he's a canadian dude um And I was like, is this like a joke? Is this like a prank call? So I Googled because I, you know, fast forward, I'm not 15. You can Google stuff now and you can kind of see if this league's real. So I look up the roster and there's a guy named Grant Toolman on the team who I played with when I played for Prince George Spruce Kings. And he ended up playing Swift Current Broncos. So I got to play against him a lot in my dub care. So I literally had him on Facebook and it was like, dude, is this like, uh, is this team real? I see you're on the roster. He's like, uh, he's like, dude, come, you won't regret it. You'll have the time. so it was unreal it was a good way to get away from the north american game and kind of um you know the north american game is very business-like and obviously the sydney was business-like too with like you're if you're the import player you got to play so i played through some injuries and whatnot and just got her done but those guys are such good guys um really kind of learned to love the game again and not so much like uh business-like and politics and kind of things like that uh, it was just just a good time and the sun shining all the time they put us up in like a there's four canadian import players in one house like this million dollar home on the uh on the beach in sydney so like it it was it was sometimes hard to go to the rink it's like <laughs> but yeah it was a good time got to shut out my first game and yeah it was fun yeah it was pretty winded it was pretty hot there <laughs> well it's a uh, typical australian diet like for you when you were there Um, actually like pretty, pretty close to what we got here. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Good breakfast, good colorful breakfast and, uh, you know, eggs, avocado, mushrooms, like toast and all that kind of thing. And then, yeah, your usual thing. And, and actually after the season, they have this thing called, uh, I ended up working at this golf course after the season, just to kind of, you know, kind of go see the country a little bit. So they have this thing called Smoko and it's basically like a, uh, like a breakfast between breakfast, lunch, all you can eat buffet kind of thing. It was like, so we ended up just like crushing uh smoko every day after work. We'd only work from like five to 10 just to kind of, you know, pay for uh, our, our beer money per se. <laughs> and uh, you know, you're living on the beach and everything. So yeah, it, there was no shortage of food in Australia. So that was, that was a good time. And then we just go to the gym and then hit up the beach after. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> With uh, KFC being like a First Nation delicacy, did you try KFC down there? No, I don't think I did. Did they And have KFC in Australia? I don't know. I know they have McDonald's and everything, and it, it, everything's McDonald's is a little bit different. So, but I can't recall KFC. And yeah, food's pretty expensive. Like McDonald's was like way more expensive than uh, than what it is here too. Really? So I can't That answer just... the KFC question, man. But uh, yeah, minimum wage is like twenty bucks there, and that was like in twenty seventeen. So. That's not bad.
Yeah. I just asked about KFC because Bush and I went on trips during the Christmas <laughs> holidays. Bush went to Sweden and I went to Me uh, Mexico and we both had KFC while we're in our no different <laughs> Sweden and Mexico. So I thought I'd ask because every, every native person loves KFC. So chicken skin sandwiches overseas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, still strap on the pads from time to time? Um. Actually, yeah, I played senior double A for the Chapman North Stars last couple of years. So, um, I didn't play this year. Um, but yeah, a couple of years ago, I guess now, we uh wrapped up the season uh, against actually a fellow race nation fella. You might recognize his name, Chief Willie Sellers. So, um, yeah, uh, actually, funny story. We played him in in overtime and we won. So it was like the battle of I'm on council for Notley. Hey, so Chief is obviously Chile, uh, Chief of his uh nation. So. Uh, it was battle of the the politician native. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun, and th th it's cool playing for the Chicago North Stars. It's all the guys from the same area. It's like boys from the the, the reserves I mentioned, Slacko, Notley. I got to play with my nephew, so that was trippy. Um, <laughs> Feeling um, old. Yeah, right. And then, uh, uh, yeah, all the guys from like Vander Fort and Prince George and stuff like that. So, and then. uh not really playing much. Just kind of doing the odd ice time. I got a Prince George Spruce Kings alumni game. I got to play in March. I played a Caribou Cougars alumni game um, a month ago or so. Yeah. And it was actually funny. It was old guys versus the young guys. and <laughs> oh, guys. But we won, so it's all good. <laughs> Does your phone still ring with uh, teams asking you to go play res tourneys? Yeah. I, I, I was trying to come out of retirement for res tourney. With the big guy Lake Mohawks, uh, but uh, after senior a couple of years ago, I had to kind of just heal up some wounds, so I couldn't go. But I'm hoping to play in the Sask Moose. So I want to check that off the list at least, right before I get too old, kind of thing. So, yeah. But the yes, people still calling. I just gotta yeah. bite the bullet and get her done here. Soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. Last time I played in the Native Attorney, Gino Ojik was playing in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Um, you're on Big Brother Canada Seven. Can you tell us a little bit of that experience? Kind of. Oh yeah, just a trip, man. Um, so how I got there, my I've done a few hockey interviews in my day, right? So, kind of just put that into the 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 entry video, or whatever. My my wife texted me. She uh, she was my girlfriend at the time. I was at work and she was like, I'm signing up for Big Brother because you're going to get on. And I was just like, okay, like, you know, just happy go like, <laughs> like, and uh, so we did a video that night and sent it in and it was actually a pretty good take. So we were like, before we pressed enter, we looked at each other and we're like, holy shit, this might come true. <laughs> and it, um, so yeah, it was, it, it, it was harder being away on Big Brother than it was like playing hockey. Like you're told, I was gone for like a hundred days without, any connection to the outside world. So like they took my cell phone. They came to the res and not and literally kidnapped me. Like it was <laughs> like, okay. You, we're not here to like take pictures or anything like we said in our email or whatever. Like you gotta give me your phone now. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, on that, I think I lasted 55 days in the house, but there was like time there's like a pre-production area where you're in a hotel for days and weeks before that and then after two and stuff like that. And in jury house, I was in jury too. So yeah, it was um 
I was scared of being the first one evicted, but I wasn't. But I was always on the block because I was, I guess, I was a pretty, pretty big threat to lots of people in the house. But uh, even though I, yeah, I had a hard time winning competitions, I think only won one competition. So I had to do the social game and adapt there. So I couldn't be a good old stereotypical jock and had to adapt. But it was super cool because what I got out of that was uh, I got to share my my degree in Indigenous studies and what I heard, like what I learned, but also like share my own experience and, and change perspectives on and spread awareness on, you know, the history of Canada and whatnot and things I did with my among my teammates and stuff like in dealing with racism and whatnot. Like I've had teammates who are kind of borderline racist at the beginning of the year and then the end of the year, you know, they change their perspective and come up to me and be like, Ketsy, like, thanks for, you know like showing me a kind of a new way and, and changing my, my stereotypes and things that I've done. So, but now I got to do it on the, on the, not saying people in the house were racist, they, they, they weren't, but like on a national level, just to teach that and spread awareness. Yeah. So it's like the, one of the big accomplishments I was pretty proud of being on that show and, and just showing like, I think we've had a couple native people on the, on that show since then too. So it just shows that like, you know, even if it's sports or acting and, or music, or whatever, man, just, put yourself out there and dare to dream man there's a, a page it's called big brother wiki fandom and yeah. it says that you got nominated five times like i watched yeah. big brother in the past like a <laughs> long time ago yeah uh so that's that's a lot of times being nominated man dude it was stressful <laughs> <laughs> like man i was sweating a lot in that house man it was brutal yeah yeah Holy. So where did they have it? Like in Toronto? Um, yeah, it's in Toronto. It's like okay. it's a studio house in Toronto, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's all I, I I even broke a door one time because it's all kind of like props and stuff and like these cameras <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty trippy, man. Yeah. What it what it yeah, what an experience though. So yeah. Would you go on the show if it was like a res version of Big Brother? Like uh say like uh big auntie or something just have <laughs> half the guest aunties then the half the guest just bunch of young bucks <laughs> I, I, think, I think i'd be i think it'd be better if it was like a res big brother show because like man uh so in in our in our traditional language uh nato means white white man kind of thing so uh in in the nato world of big brother it's uh they're more sneaky and more <laughs> <laughs> around conversations i think native would be straight up like you know in your face kind of like at least i know this person's out to get me because yeah. <laughs> so, i think it'd be pretty 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 fun it wouldn't be a dull moment that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. you're also a musician how did you get into music um actually my my dad was uh he was a, a drummer for this band called the rightful owners back in the day so I think it just kind of was handed down. Obviously, I had to work for it. Like, um, I I wanted a drum set. And I always loved metal music, even though you can't really hear that in Ketaclan. It's more like hip hop alternative kind of thing. But I do come from a metal background. I used to play drums for a band called Omegacrom. But anyways, so I got my first drum set, and uh, after like year, uh, years of begging, asking, finally this drum set came. And my dad's a drummer, so I was like he set up the drum set for me helped me set it up and then i was like okay you're gonna teach me and he's like nope and he slammed the door and he walked away <laughs> I was like, what? so uh i bashed on that thing not knowing what i was doing for like two weeks right and then 
I, I showed him some incentive that uh, I actually wanted to learn. It wasn't just going to be handed like free drum lessons kind of thing. So he came into the room two weeks later and and, and uh, showed me a beat and the rest of his history. So I just always had a passion for music. And then later on, I picked up, I don't think I picked up guitar till I was like 17, but I always could sing kind of thing. So uh, I had to learn how to play guitar because it's, you know, you can't just bring a drum set around a campfire. <laughs> Who was your uh, favorite drummer or and favorite favorite band favorite drummer would be the late vinnie paul from pantera oh, yeah. yeah hands down um yeah and pantera was a big uh big uh big fan of obviously pantera you know metallica megadeth all those all those those core bands and then like new metal like disturbed and revenge etc whoever i missed in that and then i i also like you know I grew up listening to eminem and like uh i like yellow wolf and like dirty heads and like more of that uh more more uh easier on the ears music i guess for the comment <laughs> <laughs> so yeah kind of and then i i love the oldies man like music my parents listen to right like ccr and the oh, yeah. Eagles, all that classic rock and yeah all that stuff so yeah you're not a country fan uh, yeah i i lived in lethbridge so it's kind of uh you have no it grew on you yeah it grew on me i but i do like Lethbridge was more like the pop country kind of Luke Bryan oh. kind of stuff. So, but I grew up listening to like you know Johnny Cash and you know all, all that kind of stuff. So, what about yeah. Morgan Wallen? Because I always ask everyone who's a oh, country no, fan. No. How about Roger Miller? I like Roger Miller. He, he's pretty good. I actually got uh, Luke Bryan tickets today. He's going oh, to be no in Winnipeg way. in April. So nice. That's all that would play at Boss Hogs and Lethbridge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can ask Wacy about Boss Hogs, maybe, maybe not. Oh yeah. Um, what is the your favorite part of making music? I think just the outlet and the creativity. I think it just it, it goes hand in hand. Like being creative is it's just something that's it's fun to do and uh when you actually have some success out of it, that's like the reward. But uh also just the outlet, like whether it's like hockey is a pretty good outlet of mine, right? But music does the same thing and it just makes you feel good after kind of thing. So, yeah, I think just making the world go around, um, getting thoughts out on a piece of paper. And if uh, if I can't get it out like that way, I'll just go bash some drums and hit some stuff too. It's just similar to like hitting weights and you know, <laughs> out and playing hockey and, and sports, baseball, et cetera, you know. How does, how does it feel? Like, do you have a sense of pride and very honored? Like when... Like I have Apple Music and I can search your name and I can your songs will pop up. Like, how do you feel knowing? Oh my God! Like my songs are on, like on so like not social media but like Apple and Spotify and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's super super cool. It's like it's like uh, I can relate it to hockey dreams coming true. Like kid kid dreams wanting to be a musician and stuff. It, it it's like it's like that. Like I remember when we put our first Ketoclan song out. Um, it was like, oh my God, we have a song out. And then we did Good Time Cheese, our second song, and it was kind of like our mini one hit wonder kind of thing. <laughs> that was pretty special, you know? And yeah, and then that song ended up getting played on Big Brother, so it kind of went to a little national after that. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah. For those who don't know, what uh, what's your music name? Uh, Damien K, lowercase with the period. So yeah, Damien K is my solo stuff. Um, Ketoclan for the band stuff. And actually, we just did a, my brother and I just did a metal, and my cousin actually, he was on bass. Uh, my brother's on guitar, vocals, and I did drums. A, a, a Dak Keth um, metal band called uh, Shunnel Tuss. 
So yeah, so if, if, if uh, the single for that one's called Say With Dina. Um, basically, it's all in uh, uh, traditional language. So oh, it's, cool. Yeah. So yeah, Damien K, Ketaklan, and Channel Tuss. And we used to be in a band called Omega Crown as well. So I've done a number yeah. of projects and, and whatnot. And worked with some fellow artists too, like um, Hannah Cooley. I'm working on something with Earth Child, uh, Joey Styles. That was pretty cool because we used to listen to you know, sugar cane. Sugar cane, yeah. I made a song with Joey Styles. So that was cool. Like, yeah, it's trippy. Yeah, just calling him on the phone, and be like, "Whoa, dude, that's <laughs> trippy." <laughs> yeah. I appreciate those moments. I think that's a special thing too. Like, sometimes you get caught so much in the moment that you they, they're gone, right? So you got to appreciate those times too. Just like you know, for the kids playing junior and stuff, and musicians and whatnot too, because it, it could be gone pretty quick too, right? Yeah. What would be your music goal? Um, I don't know. I think, I think we 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 didn't really apply for a Grammy for Good Time She, so that'd kind of be cool. But I, I don't know. After Big Brother, it's uh, the clout's not so much there. It's more just for the love. I think just to have, be be successful with it to have it pay the bills again pre COVID because <laughs> yeah. on COVID. And uh, just to yeah, play in front of people who maybe it'll uh, help help them in 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 their life and whatnot. And if they can relate, that's pretty special too. Relate to your creativity and your your life trials and tribulations and whatnot too. So I think that'd be pretty special. And yeah, just to just to be able to do it successfully, but it doesn't have to be too crazy, you know. <laughs> if you could uh, pick one musician you could uh, collaborate with, dead or alive, who would it be? That's a good damn question, man. <laughs> I I was I I like thinking thing things like that too. If yeah, it was me, I'd probably pick Johnny Cash. I mean, I grew up Johnny Cash. My yeah. grandfather like grew up listening Johnny Cash with him, and so yeah, for me, it'd probably be Johnny Cash. You know what? I'm gonna go with a guy who's alive still. I'd like to make some music with uh with Yellow Wolf. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think. Oh that'd... yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty special. And then I'd I'd like to jam with a, a number of people who are who are gone. I'd say too. So <laughs> imagine jamming with like Jimi Hendrix, right? Just... Yeah, that name popped up. Yeah, Jimi Hendrix, and yeah, like uh, I a big regret of mine is I uh, uh my drummer guy who my favorite drummer Vinnie Paul he he passed away and I was gonna go see yeah. him live a couple years before he died. So yeah, it'd be pretty special to jam just to have a not maybe not a drum off but just a jam you know so but yeah, yeah. i actually go see uh pantera on the 16th in winnipeg so should be interesting unreal yeah, yeah. Zach, I was on guitar and drummer from anthrax charlie i think his name is or something like that so yeah that's cool i'm I'm jealous i, I want to go check that out um zach wild when he played for black label society was unreal i bet He's, man. it was him and anthrax yeah, uh, one night uh, it was last year, and he just blew Anthrax out of the water. It was unreal. I bet he did, man. That guy's unreal, and yeah, like lot lots of people don't know about Zach Wild because he's kind of like you know, uh, I guess if you're a metal fan, you should know. Or, or, yeah, you know, but like they don't, they just kind of say Ozzy Osbourne. They don't realize he was like the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of it too, right? So. <laughs> you ever watch? Yeah, you fan of Godsmack? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Godsmack. I, I play straight out of line pretty good on the drums. Yeah, have you ever watched them in concert? 
Yeah, yeah, I see the singer do the drummer off of the other drummer. Okay, that drummer that's... Sick, though. He's got like the sickest style. Like, yeah, he can hit fast and everything and hard, but he can do the showboat. Like, the I, I was a big fan of like that exaggerated, um, like big long drumsticks and like big, you know, just over exaggerated mm -hmm. hits and everything. So, I like that. I think I like that about their live performance and whatnot, too, and stuff. Yeah. So. Did you know that Ozzy Osbourne, his drummer back in the eighties and nineties, Randy Castillo was indigenous? Yeah, I did know that. Uh, the the Indians who rock the world, right? Isn't he? I, yeah. I found that out. So yeah, it's a good documentary to watch and realize how much talent there is, right? And yeah, right. Yeah. I'm happy there's some light shed on that because you know, in this day and age, it's super cool to see indigenous hockey players get shouted out and whatnot and get, get some awareness on them and stuff. But back in the day, it's just like word of mouth, old school, right? So <laughs> happy they did a little showcase on all those musicians. So that's pretty special. What advice would you give young players, um, young hockey players or musicians um, who live on the reserve and have that opportunity to move out of the rest for a while to experience the world or have it go to go play hockey or play some music what would you uh tell the young guys i would just tell them go for it um you know i think a common thing for maybe indigenous players is is, is homesickness and you know you're always you're, you come from that core family and those values right and um it, it's tough when you know some maybe some of your elders aren't doing too good and they, they go away but we we have the means to go home nowadays and and, and check in and check do those those unfortunate events like if we had to do a potlatch or a funeral it's more it's not so like business-like in in sports and whatnot where you could you know you might not actually be able to go home kind of thing so i say just go for it um you know home will always be there but there's a small window of opportunity and if if you regret things from 10 years and you're looking back and saying I should have would have could have man you're, you're gonna regret it so I think just give yourself a chance go for it and you can you can give back to your community later but you're gonna learn from that perspective and context and who knows man you might you might make it to the big time too so yeah I think you owe it to yourself true that's very true uh before we let you go uh we always finish our interviews what with what we call five rapid niche questions you ready Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one: baked or fried bannock? Oh, I might my NATO side might be coming on this. I think I like baked, man. Ah, uh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> we did, um, we had a listener on our show, one of our good buddies. He actually went through every interview, and only twenty five percent of our guys on the show prefer baked bannock, which is. I'm shocked because I'm a big bannock type of guy. Are you big, all right. There we yeah, go. Yeah. So, and I could have said the easy answer, right? Fry bread, because yeah, it would have been like that's like the norm. But I gotta stick with what I like, and that's just the truth, man. Exactly. Uh, question number two: Ever use a bed sheet for a door or a curtain? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I have a <laughs> Looks like you have one right now in your background. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I use it in Lethbridge. He <laughs> <laughs> looked. <laughs> <laughs> question number three ever see king of the north ernest munias live in concert no i haven't you'll have to put that on your bucket list okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, question number four indian taco or bannock burger oh indian taco for sure fifth and last question can you jig <laughs> 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 
<laughs> All right, Damien, thanks for uh, coming on the show. And I really appreciate you uh, keeping in contact with me and uh, for us setting up a date because I know it took a while for us to get connected and we were going back and forth for, for quite a while. But I really appreciate you coming on the show. We had a blast. Yeah, man, it was unreal, boys. I, I, I'm happy what you guys are doing and shedding light on the present and past players. So keep doing what you're doing. Much appreciated, Dennis. Remember, thank you for your time, man. Yep. All right, take care, Thanks, and hopefully David. our paths uh, cross one of these days. Yeah, hopefully we see each other at a native tourney or something. At the Freddy. Know. Yeah, at the Freddy, hopefully. Yeah. All right, man, cheers, and uh, take care. Cheers, take care, yeah. Good yep. to see you. Hi. Um, for this week, Bush is uh, trying out his card reading skills. That's why he has the background. Um, if you want a free reading, if you want a free reading, or you want him to read your palm or your feet, <laughs> Bush will uh, give you a free reading. Looks like you're a, like a. A medium or something with your background. A oh, astronomer yeah. slash medium slash psychic. Do you believe in that kind of stuff? I do. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, me too. It's pretty uh pretty it's pretty interesting stuff. Like I went to I guess you can say a medium and she like knew things like about our family and stuff was like whoa. It was kind of uh kind of neat. She knew a lot of stuff. So it's it's always cool. And if you don't believe it, that's all right too. Not gonna say anything negative, but it's uh it's always cool and interesting. Uh thanks Damien for coming on the show for episode one oh five. We really appreciate it. It's cool that mm -hmm. You get these kind of guys who uh, life after hockey, they do a lot of different activities, a lot of different projects, uh, music being one of them. So it's always cool. So uh, for this week, Dennis, a.k.a. Bushy, Bushy has uh, this week's Res Hockey Top 5. Take it away, Bushrat. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that's kind of lame. All right. So I want <laughs> <laughs> this is uh coinciding with uh all-star game. These are all-star game inspired events that I think uh, um a, a rest hockey tournament should adopt. In no particular order, these are my top five uh events that I think we should see it at a tournament as prestigious like the Freddy or Nafit. All right. Now, can you go all weekend without your dialect expression? You know how we say, Shta. That's that's a hard one. Like, could you go all weekend on no. the ice or even on the fans? No. See? <laughs> yeah? I can't even go a shift, I guarantee you. <laughs> all right. And the next one is, could you go all weekend without a coffee? Yeah. Because I don't drink coffee, so. Okay. If it was like a pop, like a Pepsi, then no. Oh, okay, yeah. All right. I'd have to have a Pepsi. So your caffeine fix is another thing. It's, yeah, it's uh, Pepsi. Yeah. Coca-Cola. Now, this is to all your players. You know who you are. See how many rolls of tape you can secretly borrow all weekend. Yeah. 
I know a lot of guys like that, and that's why I'm a secretive. Uh, I keep my tape very secret, and I don't share. I don't like sharing <laughs> tape. And number, and then the next one, I think they should time it. You should wake up on the res and a scramble to put all your gear into your bag half hour before the game. That and even a hotel. I mean, if there's yeah, three yeah. Of you, two or three of you staying in a room and you have your equipment all over the, the room, it's a mad scramble and who's mm -hmm. what's gear and yeah, shit like that. Yeah. And the last one, and I think the best one was be see who can dress the fastest after walking into the arena 10 minutes before the game. That's a tough one. I don't like dressing fast i have I to take it. my time that's why i go to like the rink like an hour ahead just to take my time even though i'm still one of the last ones out of the dressing room when the zamboni's on but still <laughs> i don't like rushing it's i don't know it's 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 not good like rushing take your time when you dress so yeah that's a good top five speaking I made a list. Um, if there was a native all-star game at the Freddy, there'd be two teams of 20 players. So that'd be um, nine, nine skaters and one goalie. I picked, I picked players who played at the Freddy last year. I know I'm missing a lot of good players who didn't play at the Freddy. Like, um, like Connor Roulette, I didn't put him on because he didn't play. Then Owen Hedrick, he didn't. Owen didn't play. So, but Owen and Connor should be on this list if yeah. they did. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, okay, here's my list for uh, the Native All Star Game. If they were going to have one at the Freddy, if it was a three on three format, my forwards would be Bryce Gervais, Troy Lajeunesse, Keyshawn Gervais. Riley McKay, Judd Blackwater, Colton Yellowhorn, Damon Gardner, Jace Isley. Did I say Jace is, is Isley? Yeah, you said Jace yeah. Isley. Dwayne Jean Jr., Wacy Rabbit, Zach Giroux, and just for shits and giggles, because <laughs> this guy's hilarious when we hang around with him. It's always <laughs> yeah. a good time when we're <laughs> when we hang around with this character. Mickey Ipana. Uh, yeah. Mickey uh, would totally be the oh yeah the, the life of this uh, <laughs> all-star team. Yeah. Okay, on D, I will put Brady Keeper, Chris McKay, Joe Hicketts, Caden Butterfly, Troy Williams. And th this is another one for just shits and giggles because he's a really good guy, is uh, Mr. Abe Jolly. Um, Abe played for Mysticity Trappers last year. I've known Abe. For a long, long time, he's uh he's from back home and he's a uh, he's a good defenseman and uh, he'd be uh, a good guy to have on the this All Star team. Uh, my two goalies would be Leland Irving and from OCN Mariko Mariko. I always I always thought it was Mariko, but Mariko. Yeah, man, we butcher names, man. I don't. Um, Mariko, what did you call him? Mariko. Mariko. Miracle. Oh man. Yeah. yeah, he played awesome at for OCN last year. Yeah. As like an underage kid. He pretty much 
guided OC into the top four as a seventeen-year-old <laughs> yeah. kid. So yeah, the, uh, these uh, this would be a pretty good, good, good three-on-three game. Yeah. So I'd be interesting. It'd be cool if if there was time for like uh, to have an all-star game at a tournament, like at the Freddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, it was I still at my events, huh? I still like my my events. Yeah, I could see a lot of these guys doing what you said for the top five. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool. Like, how do you like? Too bad there wasn't enough time to work an all star game into a, a tournament like the Freddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be really cool to see. It's just uh, just like what a lot of players said. This NHL player said it's this past weekend. As it's relaxing and. and it's a it's slow tempo and it's good to hang with the guys and stuff like that. So it'd be neat. But imagine if this team played in a tournament. Oh, that'd be nice to see. How stacked. Yeah. I wonder how much money, like, if you were... Okay, so Bryce, Troy, Keyshawn, Riley, Judd, Colton, Damon, Jace, Dwayne, Wacy, Mickey, Zach, Brady, Chris, Joel, Caden, Abe, Troy, Leland, and... What's his name again? Miracle. Miracle. If we, if like, how much money would you have to pay these guys? Like, if come on, guys, I want to put put attorney uh, a team in the attorney. Um, shit, man, you're looking. You're looking times at, four is, you're looking at probably like fifty grand, eighty grand. Then top, you got to pay for their travel, their meals, and their hotel. 100 G's. Yeah, it's probably around 100 G's. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if anyone in their right man would ever pay for a team like that. Holy Moses. If I won Lotto Max, when I win Lotto Max, maybe I'll do that. So tomorrow? Yeah. Or tonight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it it would have to be next month because I think it takes about a month to get your money. Does it? Really? Yeah. I thought it was just like go down to Toronto or... And just pick up your check. No, it oh. takes a little bit. I I don't even know there's, the procedure. There's a lot of there's a lot of security procedure that they follow. Like they they verify you, they verify where it's bought. Like that's pretty accurate what they do. And then it's a that's a waiting period, I think. Yeah, really? I didn't I know, know that. So but I'm sure if you any bank or financial advisor, like the investor. This group or Herabic from Myers Norris Penny. I'm sure they give you some money in good faith. Like, uh, yeah, you know, they probably slide you half a mil. Cause, Damn, cause, Robbie's cause, rich because because you know they got money. Uh, my uh, the, uh, those institutions they got money. But uh, I wonder, if like, okay, here's half a mil, but you got to pay us back a million dollars in interest. I would. You think that interest rate would be high? I probably, I think right? they'd probably loan it to you at thirty percent. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's... But you know what? You got fifty million. I'm sure that's you won't even. You, you'll make that you know, in uh, six months in in uh, in your interest in your savings account. Yeah, <laughs> that is insane. But yeah, what is the most talking about money and paying players? Like, what is the most? Like, if a t- if a tournament's twenty thousand dollars, how much do you spend? To buy a winning team, would you break? Would you spend twenty thousand and break even? 
Like, no, you don't even break even. You lose money no, because you really. pay to players after you win. Yeah, you do. You spend, you give away most of that winning. So either way, you're you're in the hole. When uh, when Naffin was, I want to say 97, 98, I think uh, Wapistan from, uh, or Wapistan, however they pronounced they were to beat the paw in the final, they would it uh they were doing the math that it cost them fifteen thousand it cost them twenty thousand to win fifteen thousand. I play for a team like that. They went all in and they spent like twenty G's and yeah. we won like ten. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is like they gave us hats and jackets, so oh. they spent lots. I freaking lost my jacket. At a bar in Thunder Bay, too, is all. But anyways, yeah, like yeah. Uh, they a lot of teams spend big bucks. Like I was, we like we were talking about to one manager who whose team goes to the Freddie, and they mentioned that they pay p- pro players like Bryce Gervais. Oops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just stop from there. <laughs> no. Okay, we'll just use Bryce as a, an example. Yeah, Bryce yeah. Jervey. Uh they pay players that to that AHL NHL um rate yeah. of five grand. Then it goes down to like East Coast players, major junior players, two to three grand, like division one players, uh sports then they go down. So hmm. like junior players, like major junior players, college players can get like two to three grand. Then like your higher end players get like lots. So um, it's, you can spend lots of money. If the athletes were to accept it, we're not saying the NCAA, you know, they don't <laughs> accept the money. Oh yeah. We're not we weren't saying names. <laughs> so yeah, so I heard about. So we, I don't know. Just screwed. <laughs> Once we get there, there's no players on the every team. No, divi- no yeah. division one players. No. This is this is just uh, band office gossip, so it's yeah. not even true. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a money it's a money yeah. game now, right? Like you pay big bucks for. Uh, you pay for what you get, I guess you could yeah. say, right? If you want a player like Bryce Gervais, who's played in the AHL and he's really good, but you know, like, yeah, you're gonna pay him the big box. So I don't know why I use Bryce as an example. So I do because there's just because he's top of the list, first name. It's just like it's a psychological yeah. memory thing. Yeah, you usually see it was the top name come to your mind. Um. Okay. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about is parents, 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 parents of and minor hockey. Um, I just want parents have to be careful how they come off on social media. I know parents are proud of their for their kids when they when their kid scores goals and they have a good game and but parents gotta be careful that they're not overstepping the boundary line to where you're starting to be a pain in the ass to Scouts, coaches, and scouts from like the junior level, Division One, and 
gross goats and like parents have to freaking relax. I know there's yeah. some parents out there who whose kids are in U7, U9, U U12 who are just oh my kid scored 20 goals this weekend. It's like who cares? U7, U9s they don't even keep score. If they don't keep score, why are you so damn worried about their goals? It drives me crazy. And and I know agents, some agents in the past who came up to me and would ask me my two cents, my opinion on on parents who are too too involved into their kids' hockey. Like, they're always... They're almost like an agent, not not like an agent, but a pain in the ass, I'll just say, to the agency. And they'll ask me, hey, Trev, what do you think of this family? And what do you think of this these parents? And I think parents have to relax because when agents, agents like these uh, agencies are coming up to me and asking me about who's, like how these parents are, what kind of family they're, parents have to relax. Um, oh, yeah. If you're U7, U9, U12, relax. There's no scouts in the stands. No one's going to really take notes and say, oh, this kid scored 20, 20 goals because their parents said so. Um, I just, I've been seeing things on social media and it kind of rubs me the wrong way because I see, I saw parents in the past that ruined their kid's hockey career because they were always gloating. They were bragging about their kids. And it just burnt out their kid to the point where they, they're not even playing hockey no more. Um, I coached a kid, um, unreal kid in Adam Hockey, which is U, U11 or U12, whatever it is, Adam Hockey. This kid was the best kid in the league. And his dad kept on saying, oh, my kid's so good, always promoting his stats on oh. social media and just really pushing his kid to the point where by Bantam, this kid was just burnt out and he didn't want to play no more and he quit. And the yep. kid doesn't even skate no more. But this kid was probably the best kid in Kenora in Adam hockey. Um, but see, like, it's just an example of how yes. parents ruin it for kids. And I'm seeing it again with some, some families. And I think, I don't know how to say it. Like, I want to say something to the parents, but how do you say it? Like, you can't. How do you tell a parent just relax? Yeah, I mean, um, do you do you remember Bob McKenzie from TSN? Yeah, yeah. Book called Hockey Dad: True Confessions of a Crazy Hockey Parent, and he admitted that he was a, he was a bad hockey parent. Like he said, he is. He didn't quote it, but I hear I remember watching him on the interviews. He said, I think my kids must have hated me in the stands because I forced them to play hockey. I forced them to do this. And at a certain age, I, I would give them a choice. But should a parent force you to, to skate till you're 18? Should they force you? Should they yeah. force you? Should they force you? Like, come on, man. It's no fun. And then someone's going to just walk away. And... Exactly. Crazy. Um, you're right. And and parents yell in the stands. It's you. It's minor hockey. Yeah. Like the, most of the time, they can't hear you. And if <laughs> if you're so worried about coaching from the stands, volunteer next year yep. in minor hockey because they're always looking for coaches. Yep. Go on the ice and coach your kid. 
Coach all yet. these kids. Better yet, get a ref in uniform. See how yeah, tough it is. <laughs> I'm really annoyed this year with some hockey parents. Is just they have to relax, let their kids have fun. There's no scouts in the stands. As you're just then, because if you continue the way you are right now, you are turning your kid off. You're gonna turn off scouts. You're gonna turn off coaches and agents and family advisors by the time they're 15, 16 years old. You're not. They're not gonna go nowhere. Because I talk to scouts and different coaches and different like junior leagues stuff like that, and they say they wouldn't pick players up because the way their parents act, and that's a big thing. So parents just freaking relax, let your kids have fun. If they make double A, triple A, that's good. But if they're playing house league, single A, just let them have fun. Yeah, they're in it for the love of the game and just hang out with their friends, their buddies, and. It's because it's just, what is it, February? I'm already annoyed, and so mm-hmm. I just want to comment on that and these parents sometimes. and But I know they're going to be butthurt and offended. So, But just parents, relax. Let your kids have fun. So that's my two cents on parents and minor hockey for this, for this, for this week because I know I'll, I'll probably bitch and <laughs> rant about it. In a couple more weeks, so, um, yeah, just let your kids have fun. That's the most important thing. So, now I'm all uh, relaxed, well, rant- yeah. ranted out. <laughs> that's Oops, a term, uh, by the way. Huh? Rant- that's a term, by the way. From now on, we're gonna ranted enter the Wikipedia. Yeah, is it? You're all ranted wow. out. So, I think we should. Uh, that's uh. End the, end the show on a very positive note. That was a okay. very positive. Ding! Like one of those... Uh, <laughs> or one of no. those uh, bells that when you're meditating. Ting! <laughs> yeah. Ding. Someone carrying the incense around. To, to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, we got to light some up while we do the show. Yeah, yeah. Uh you're one with the universe, Bush. You can tell by your <laughs> your screen. Uh, for those who listen to us on the podcast, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Google, Google Podcast, and Amazon Music. And for those, we're on also on YouTube. So if you want to watch Bush and me talk in person, we're on YouTube. So don't forget to like us, subscribe, and Share. turn the notification, whatever. Uh, yeah. If anyone has anything that you want us to, to discuss, if you want us to give a shout out to anyone, have it be a birthday, anniversary, or divorce, or anything, shoot us a message and we'll we'll promote the shit right out of it. <laughs> uh, anything else before we skedaddle for for this week? No. And if anyone wants like a certain player to come on the show and as a guest, shoot us a shoot us a message. We'll uh, we'll interview interview anyone if they love res hockey, they love playing res tourneys, and have some good stories and love to laugh with us. Uh, let us know. And if you want to come on the show, shoot us a message, and oh. we'll, we'll we'll make it happen. <laughs> so, um, 
People are asking about merch. What should we do with merch? Should we? I don't know. Should we? Should we get some for the Friday? Yeah, we'll get some by May. Yeah, definitely. But people are asking me when when we're getting stuff. So maybe we should think about ordering stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's another another uh, time and date for discuss that shit. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll uh, see you next week. Peace. Peace.